Okay, we'll just hop into it. Um, welcome everyone to episode 66 of Stone and Clay. We're here with Sean Stevens. So The man. Um, bro, I'm hyped. We're doing this. Yes. Yeah. Um, From the time you asked me, I was excited. Awesome, dude. Have you ever done a podcast before? Um, like, we did, like, something for KWC, but... Yeah. It never surfaced. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's in the vault. <laughs> okay, good. Well, this will get everyone excited for So this that. is my first one. Yeah. Okay, bet. Well, um, awesome, man. Um, I want to start asking you about how you got into music. I know your whole family is super musical. You've probably been in it since a young age. What kind yeah. of first got you into, like, singing and instrumentals and everything? All right. So I'd say it started... Singing, like I guess I, I, I would, yeah, I, I'd say it started singing. Were your church. parents musical? Yeah, both yeah. parents. Mm-hmm. My mom sings. My dad is a multi-instrumentalist. He does just about everything except for string, I mean, uh, like brass and. Yeah, obscure yeah. stuff. Yeah, he doesn't do that, but yeah. he plays a lot of instruments. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so that comes from him, and he sings. Yeah. Yeah, so. Our talents, um, my siblings and I come from our parents. How many How many siblings are there? I have five siblings. So yeah. I have an older sister. I'm second. Mm-hmm. Uh, a younger brother, Tammy, a younger brother, Micah. Wow, okay. Yeah. And each one more talented than the last. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not, I don't know. I, I think, like, in, in our own right, we all, like, in our lane are extremely talented. Yeah. 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 What do you feel like is your, like, area of expertise? What do you feel like you're the best at? That's funny. I, I feel like hearing possibilities in, in music, like, I can compose better than, like, I can feel, I feel like I can compose a moment mm-hmm. better than anything else I do. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Cool. And for those um, who didn't know, so Sean is in the band uh, King Will Come. It's a, uh, what do you guys call it, a collective? Yeah, um, a collective of sorts. Yeah, and I've and I've interviewed a few people from the band, interviewed Garen a few episodes back. Um, Jordan Moyes was part of the band for a little bit. I know he still um, does some songwriting or whatnot. Yeah. Um, but yeah, The King Will Come, it's this awesome band. I've been blessed to kind of be in their, in their radius. Um, Spencer is uh in the band he's my roommate um Mm. we've done an episode or two as well and yeah for me i just love being around artists you know i love being around creative people and music isn't my gift but i love music Mm -hmm. you know i love i'm a writer so i love i love you know lyrics and music mean a lot to me i and the the instrumental stuff I love too. I just don't understand it. I don't have any way of articulating why I like it. Mm-hmm. I'm just like, oh, that sounds good. And then I, you know, Spencer tells me why it sounds good. <laughs> you know, my my musical friends can, you know, extrapolate why something is so like pleasing to the ears, but I get sucked in by lyrics. Okay. You know. But yeah, it's it's been awesome just kind of being homies with all these Deeply talented musicians has been fun for me. No, seriously. From day one, you've been cool, bro. <laughs> Thanks, no, seriously. Bro. Yeah, it's um, it's been cool how, like, at first I was a little nervous, just like, not nervous, but just a little intimidated just showing up, like, all these super talented musicians. I have, I'm not bringing anything to the table. Like, most everyone around is 
if they're not a musician, they're a videographer or they're a manager mm. or they're in production or whatever. And I'm just kind of a homie. I'm just kind of a, the groupie. <laughs> <laughs> groupie is crazy. <laughs> no, I but, wouldn't say that. Yeah, groupie yeah. is crazy. <laughs> no, I'm playing. But um, but yeah, it's it's been cool. Everyone's been everyone's been so cool. Yeah, yeah. Uh, this experience is. Like none other I've ever ever experienced. It's one of a kind, honestly. Have you have you felt like, in a weird way, Utah has become a second home to you? You know, it's crazy. We were def- just having a conversation about this today, and I don't know if I feel like that, but I do know when I'm not here, I feel like I'm missing out. Yeah. So I guess that, I, I guess you can say that. Yeah. It feels like everybody is just like continuing on and having fun without so it feels like yeah well you you almost have like this um like you're from new york yeah so you kind of have like this new york family this new york crew mm-hmm. and then you kind of have like a utah family utah right. crew and you know some people in missouri <laughs> other spots no, yeah. but but yeah it's it's got to be um and utah in a lot of ways couldn't be more different than new york it's night and day yeah <laughs> you know it's night and day how, how have you how have you enjoyed kind of yeah, just just kind of getting used to Utah. the The culture is very different. the mm. um, The religious side of things are different, but you know, there's there's overlap everywhere. Right. But how have you felt kind of emerging yourself in kind of this new, different culture? It's very like, obviously, highly populated with LDS people, um, mostly white people. Yeah. Like, what <laughs> what has kind of that been like for you? So I would say the first thing, like for the first retreat that we came out to like waking up every day it was like sensory overload to like the 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 scenery around mm-hmm. here is like nothing i've ever experienced yeah, like yeah, yeah. the mountains are i don't want to sound like a little soft it's breathtaking <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> no, yeah it really is yeah. like but beside that um i think the only issue is like being from New York, uh, we, we have a problem with people staring at us. Yeah. So, like, staring was a big issue when I first came out here. I'm like, oh, my God, what do you got staring at? Just because we're not used to seeing right. black people. <laughs> right. So, yeah. it's like, oh, my God. Yeah. That's crazy. But it, it's not, it doesn't bother me as much. But, yeah, the only difference is is that it's a cultural it's a cult, cultural. um change like the atmosphere shift is yeah as far as culturally it's it's nothing like new york right like you just said but yeah i, I would say that's the only really the only big difference for me mm-hmm. and not an issue and something that i could adapt to because yeah. you know we adapt right <laughs> like, yeah I, I, I don't think i would have an issue adapting at yeah. all yeah it's it's funny i went to um and i've traveled a lot but i remember one time i went I had a buddy from like Southside Chicago and I went and stayed with him and his family and I was with like another one of my buddies and we were just, you know, the only white people for miles, <laughs> you know what I mean? And um especially where we were staying, mm-hmm. you know, we'd we'd go get food or whatever and we Do were you just remember where in Chicago? I don't Besides remember like being Southside. I don't remember like the streets and stuff. <laughs> But, like, it wasn't the safest spot. I know Wait, that. so what time, like, wh- wh- like what year was this? Um, this was, like, probably 2012, 2013. Oh, my God. Yeah. That was, like, the... So it was, um, I'm friends with Jabari Parker's uh, brother. 
I don't know who that is. Jabari Parker. Um, he's he's played in the NBA. Okay. Um, and they're an LDS family. Okay. And um, and I knew his his brother lived in Provo, and and so yeah, I stayed with his family in Chicago, and it was funny. We went out, and he's like, he's like, yo, like everyone knows my family. You guys will be safe. Everyone respects us. You're you're good. He's like, just don't talk to anybody. <laughs> don't open your mouth. Don't talk to anybody. Don't talk to anybody. Just be there. <laughs> yeah, just be there. You're with me, so you're good. But um, but it was kind of that same thing where like, yeah, everyone's just staring at you. Yeah, and like, it's just yeah, it's just an interesting feeling because you're like, obviously, you're staring at me because I'm white. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know. That's uh, that's interesting though yeah. because a place like Chicago, I know that in their neighborhoods is predominantly what you know that neighborhood is. Like yeah. it's either a Spanish neighborhood, a black neighborhood, yeah. Italian, right. Irish. There's no there's no lines that mix. Yeah. But in New York, that that's not the case. Right. Right. Everything overlaps. Yeah. There's no there's no dividing line. Mm-hmm. There used to be years ago, but it's right. not like that anymore. Yeah. So like we don't have the. I don't want to call it luxury, but we don't. We can't be shocked by right white people coming to our neighborhood or Spanish people. Coming yeah, to you our just see all kinds of people all the time everywhere. Right. Yeah, <laughs> right. Yeah, but um, but yeah, and and in I think it's especially in places like Chicago, maybe St. Louis, other places. It's like a lot of people in those hoods they don't ever leave. Mm. You know, they're just there. And right. so anytime something new comes in, they're like, what is, what are they doing here? They shouldn't be here. No, seriously. <laughs> you know, but it, it was an interesting, like, um, and I also, you know, I felt that on my mission, my LDS mission, I went to Brazil and, and so, you know, I'm the only white person around. And mm-hmm. so you get, you get that same thing. And so it's interesting. I, I kind of, and it's, it's different, but I understand when African-Americans are like, yeah, it's, I'm in this white neighborhood and everyone's just looking at me weird, mm-hmm. you know, <laughs> like I kind of understand. I feel like, I feel like if I grew up in a place like Chicago mm-hmm. coming out here, I would be more understanding to people just staring because yeah. you would do the same thing. Right. Like I said, <laughs> I don't, we don't have that right. type of dynamic in New York. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I walk past white people every day. Yeah. Yeah. Actually, I don't live in a very terrible neighborhood mm-hmm. right now like my my neighbor all my neighbors are white yeah yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> nice um tell me how you met your wife all right so my mom um my mom and my wife went to the same to the same college okay so um in the college my mom had took over this uh this uh group called the Christian Fellowship Group. Mm-hmm. And um, she would uh, throw these back-to-school dinners or get-togethers and invite the freshmen in, you know, to just see what's going on and see if they were interested in the club. Mm-hmm. And my wife would say it like this, that she, I was staring at her the whole time. <laughs> yeah. I do not remember looking at this woman <laughs> in this thing <laughs> at all. I, but I, I always had like on a hard face. Yeah, yeah. So I guess she thought I was staring at her, right. you know, giving giving <laughs> her the evil eye. But I wasn't. So one day I'm driving from my mom's job at the college, mm-hmm. and my cousin's in the in the um, the passenger seat, and he actually goes to the college. So he knew a group of girls walking, mm-hmm. and it's a minivan. So like we drive up on the side of them, and um, he's like, "Hey, you guys want to ride? Uh, we'll take you where you got to go." And the girls get in the car, and she's like the last one to get in. And I'm like, I'm like, who is that? What is this? Yeah. <laughs> so 
Um, like probably a few few days later, a week later, we're in my room. He ends up on the phone with her. Mm-hmm. I'm like, who are you talking to? He's like, oh, I'm talking to Liz. Yeah. I was like, tell her I said hi. <laughs> She's like, why is he saying that? He doesn't like me. <laughs> yeah. I was like, and I took the phone from him and, you know, we started talking. Um, I say we talked for a month and then she came to me. She was like, yeah, I'm talking to somebody back home and, you know, I want to see where it goes with them. So. I can't talk to you anymore. Yeah. I'm like, oh, okay. And had you even like been going on dates or anything or just We hadn't gone talking? on dates. Yeah. We were just like phone conversations yeah, yeah. at that point. So um that's like I'd say that's like October. Mm-hmm. By November by January, I had a girlfriend. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I had who a who girlfriend. knows what happened to that other guy, but he was done. No, he was done. You no, know, you know, seriously. She tried to like come back, but by the time she came back to try to talk to me, I had a girlfriend. Oh wow! Yeah, so that happened, and like I say, six months go by, mm-hmm. end up breaking up with the girl um, for whatever reason. Yeah, and the summer of two thousand and nine, we talked like the whole summer, and when mm-hmm. she came back to school, we you know started dating. Yeah, yeah, and we've like almost any couple like on and off, but right. 2017 asked you to marry me we got married (laughs) (laughs) quick summation um what was um had you dated a lot before her um uh i did did a lot i don't know if it was dating sure you had uh, had plenty of experience yeah in the world not too proud of it females sure but um, so what? What was different about Liz that made you say like, "Oh, this is something. This is something different. Like, I need to take this serious." All right. So before that, I had something happened in a relationship, and it like it just blew up. Mm-hmm. So, and I noticed a cycle. Like I, I slept with almost every girl that I was with, mm-hmm. and I asked the Lord. I was like, "The next girl that I." you know that i date mm-hmm. and she's supposed to be my wife do not allow us to sleep together yeah yeah because it's not going to work for me yeah. it doesn't work for me it just ruined the relationship it, ru- it ruins it once yeah. you get intimate with somebody outside of marriage it's just mm-hmm. like yeah it, it's not it, for me I, right. I don't judge anybody but yeah. for me it didn't work so it's like one day we're in her dorm and you know you're alone you're young your hormones are raging yeah and it almost got to a point, and then she started crying, like, oh, out wow. of nowhere. She's just, like, tears. Yeah. And I'm like, what's happening? This is new. Mm-hmm. She's like, I, I can't do this. I'm, you know. And I was like, oh. Oh, yeah. There it is. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so it was like a light bulb went wow. off. Wow, yeah. Yeah. That's cool. And she's, um, is she a messianic Jew? No. What What is she? She's a Pentecostal. Oh, she's Pentecostal, yeah, too. What? Messianic I Jew. I don't know why I thought that. I know what you're talking about. <laughs> that's that's oh, was, my cousin's wife. Oh, sorry, sorry. I was I was thinking about somebody else. That's my cousin's wife. Okay, okay. <laughs> yeah, my bad. <laughs> that's hilarious. Yeah. So, so she, you guys are you guys were are both Pentecostals. Yeah. Okay. So that was already something that brought you guys together. Um. Yeah, I guess. Yeah. 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 In a way. Mm-hmm. Um. What is your now? This, this is kind of a, a deep question, and it's it's honestly something that I like. It's something I ask myself a lot too. But what is your like relationship with happiness and joy? Is it something that comes easy to you? Is it something you struggle with? 
for a long time, happiness was something that I put on the front as if I had. Mm-hmm. And I didn't, if I'm being honest, I, I, I fronted so much with it that I didn't realize that I wasn't happy up until, like, I had to look at myself. Mm-hmm. And, like, sitting in the room contemplating suicide and, you know, just taking myself out one day, living in um, Richmond, Virginia, I had to realize that I wasn't happy and I was just lying to myself. So, yeah, up until that point, and that was like 2015, Mm -hmm. my relationship with happiness and joy was fake. It wasn't... It wasn't real. Did you, was it like a conscious decision to put on that front or was that just kind of the default that you had? I never really, like, I, I'm I'm a jovial person, I guess, outside of my emotions, right. like making people laugh. Yeah. So because you make people laugh, they just feel like automatically you're Oh, happy. he's good. Yeah. yeah. I was always the strong person for other people, mm-hmm. but never able to lean on anybody for myself, you know, for what I was going through. Yeah. And, um... Yeah, so I never really dealt with anything that I had going on head on because yeah. I had no time to because I was always tending to something else. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it was it was piss poor like my relationship with. So what what got you out of that that darkness? Cuz that's that's a pretty low spot to be in. Yeah. Like what what made you say like okay, like I'm actually this life's worth living. I don't know. It was almost like a light bulb went off, and I can. Rem- I remember like it was yesterday. Netflix was on. Like mm-hmm. I had just turned on the TV, and you know the end on Netflix. Yeah, it like popped on, and it's like, what are you doing? Like you're not that upset. You're not that down mm-hmm. to where you have to you end your life yeah. just because you're uncomfortable with where you're at, mm-hmm. and. I don't know. It, I won't say like it was some big spiritual awakening. Right. It was just like, no, get up, dust it off. You have yeah. to, you can't do this anymore. Mm-hmm. And I would say that was the start of me opening up about who I really was on the inside. Yeah. And did that, did that translate to you becoming way more vulnerable with the people around you? Oh, for sure. Cause I feel like you're the type of dude that, and I don't know you super well, but I feel like You'll talk about anything at any time with anyone. Yeah. Right? No, seriously. But maybe it wasn't like that for a while. Um, Like I said, I was there for other people yeah. and not really for myself. But so you I would talk about anything. Yeah, you talk about you. anything, but when it came to your own emotions, right. you're like, I'm good. I'm chilling. Right. Yeah. Right. And it was almost like second nature to be like, oh, no, it's all right. I'm mm-hmm. good. And not realizing or after a while realizing like you're not really good and you're yeah. telling people you're okay. And yeah. You're actually bleeding. You're right. actually like making a mess as you're walking. Yeah. Yeah. Like, so yeah. That's, um, that's, that's kind of like <laughs> we were joking around earlier about like, Hey, don't be morbid, but like, it's kind of this beautiful, but kind of a morbid way to, to view it. Like you're, you're bleeding and you're leaving a mess behind you. Right. Yeah. I like, I like that. Um, what what would you say to people that are like, I have all these things bottled up. I want to be more vulnerable, but it's not, I don't know how to get there. I don't know the first steps to be like, tell somebody I'm struggling. Tell somebody I'm actually really going through something. First, I, I would say that like 
before I even like answer that fully, I would say that there's more people going through things than there aren't. Oh yeah, I think everybody is. <laughs> right. And and it's like it's a spectrum, right? Like right. everyone like you might be having a really great year, mm-hmm. but you got stuff. Right. You know, or like your life's super smooth. You just met the love of your life. You got a great job. Finances are great, but like your homie's really going through it. He's depressed. Right. And so I had I had a close friend the other day tell me, he's like, if you're, you know, when you ask somebody like, hey, how you doing? And, you know, one out of 10. And, and if they say like, if they're the type of person that's always like, oh, I'm a nine, I'm a 10. He's like, they should probably have more empathy in their life because if you're always meeting everyone at a nine or 10, like most people are probably, you know, at a five or six. People struggle to get to a five or six. Yeah. Yeah. And and like, and my friend was telling me, he's like, honestly, you should live your life in a way that you're comfortable and happy at a six Uh because that just means, you know, you're at a good stasis, (laughs) Right. you know, like you can't really maintain a nine or 10. No, that's too much. Uh, and and it's not really realistic. Like, to me, you're at a 9 or 10 when you're, like, in the middle of something amazing. You know, you're you're playing right, a show. Right. Right? Or you're, like, you're you're being intimate with your wife. You're you're with your best friend and you're having an amazing chat. You're whatever. But then, like, you're done and, you know, you go back to maybe a 7 or whatever. The stocks drop. Yeah. <laughs> Once you're done with doing that. Yeah. And then, and then maybe you did, maybe you just drop to a seven, but then maybe you realize, oh yeah, now that I've come down, I remember I'm struggling with this. I'm struggling with that. Like my wife's going through this. My homie's going through this. Uh-huh. And so I think it's important to walk through life being like, you know what? I'm at a five or six, but I'm, I'm good. Uh-huh. Like, you know, I'm, I can deal with that. And I'm trying to avoid being a three or four. But don't get caught up on, I need to be an 8, I need to be a 9, I need to be a 10. No. I, I, I think those are like... And maybe that's what you were doing a little when you were fronting with your happiness. Oh, for like sure. you want you want to be a 9 or 10. You want to be the happy guy. Mm-hmm. And and like you said, you're a jovial dude. You like joking around. You like making people laugh. So you think like, yeah, that's I should be just happy all the time. You think that's how it should be, but right. life brings so many twists and turns at you yeah. that... You don't even have enough time in the day to remain a nine and ten. Like, yeah, I wish I wish there was enough time to you know keep that mm-hmm. you know keep that height, but that's not how life works. Yeah, and you have to work to get back up to that. Right, you have to push past resistance and you know things going on with within family and right. you know relationships. Mm-hmm. Everything is not going to be peaches and cream. Yeah, that's a that's like a that's like a pipe dream almost. Right. <laughs> Yeah, and I th- I think a lot of people their sadness gets perpetuated by feeling like, oh, why am I still not happy? Mm-hmm. And to me, it's like happiness, it just comes and goes. And to me, when it's when it's here, you fall on your knees and and you tell God, I'm grateful. Mm-hmm. But it it's not expected. Like to me, I'm grateful when I'm happy, but I don't I don't expect it to just always be around me. Right. Like I think it's more important to strive for purpose and to like strive to love people and that stuff can be made. You can do that always. Right. I think with purpose though, a lot of people don't, a lot of people choose the road opposite of purpose because you know, to get to, to get through to something that you're meant to do, it's not easy. You Mm -hmm. have to push past a lot of barriers 
and that's going to cause pain. And nobody wants to willingly go through the pain, right. but they're not realizing that the other side is going to bring pain too, because yeah. you're not walking in purpose. Right. You're gonna you're gonna experience not um, pain if if not more pain than choosing the road that purpose is mm-hmm. on. Yeah, what I realized probably too late in life was as a creative person, when I'm not creating stuff, I'm measurable. Really? Yeah. And I mean, you know, I don't mean, you know, I'm working on something and I don't tomorrow, so I'm miserable tomorrow. I just mean if I go long periods of time where I'm just not putting out anything, I'm not working on anything, it just kind of cuts at my soul. Mm. And, And even if like the work I'm doing isn't like wildly successful or making me money or getting out to the masses like I want it to just doing the art just kind of satisfies my soul in a way that other things don't. Do you feel like that with music? I would say that I I actually have a great example of that. And we were just talking about it before everybody walked out Um, from I'd say last September to about the September just passed. I was in like this up and down funk and it was more down than up. Mm -hmm. And um, when I got home from the last retreat, I'd made a decision. I was like, Lord, whatever you want me to do with this music, I'm going to do it and I'm going to do it quickly. Mm -hmm. So I just out of nowhere, it's like the idea for EP just popped up and I had to, I had to start it. I had to start. And, um, you know, Miles, Miles started working on a song. And from that point I've been on this high but it's not like there's it's not like everything around me is going right. It's it's that I'm moving toward what I'm supposed to be doing. Right. And I'm not sitting still. It's like I don't have time to focus on the lows. Yeah, yeah. I like, I'm not saying that I'm going to be here all the time. Mm-hmm. You know, ups and downs are in life. Yeah. But right now I'm like on a high because I'm working on what I feel the Lord is calling me to do. Yeah. It feels like you're fulfilling your purpose. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And that's like the most gratifying thing there is. I didn't know it was this gratifying. Yeah. I didn't know that. I didn't know there was this much happiness doing what you're supposed to do. Yeah. And I think the important thing to realize is like you said, you're, you're on this high because you're in the middle of the journey. Right. And you're, you're going towards a goal. You're going towards a purpose. But I think too many people, their focus is like, I'll be happy when I get there, you know? And that's so, it's just so in between. Yeah. It's so myopic (laughs) because there's 99% of your life is the in between. Yes. With everything. I would say a (laughs) hundred (laughs) percent. Well, you know, you got five minutes here, five minutes there where you're like, where you're like, okay, if I'm going to base all my happiness on like when I get married, right? it's like, okay, so what's that? Your, your wedding day, your honeymoon. And then, and then what? You know, or I'm going to base all my happiness on like, if my EP does really well, mm-hmm. say it does do really well, how long does that last? Right. Then you're like, okay, well, I got to do something now. You know, so if you're not enjoying the journey and not finding purpose in the journey, it's just a recipe for unhappiness, I think. Right. And no productivity. Yeah. Like a farmer isn't a farmer because he has the name farmer. Mm-hmm. A farmer's a farmer because he produces produce, like yeah. he plants seed, he gets a return, and you know when it's time, and he does it again. Yeah. So. Uh, yeah, he just never stops. Right. <laughs> yeah. That's how he gets <laughs> that. Yeah. I, yeah. I, I I think 
a lot of creatives, um, like you said, just live in moments and not and don't take the whole journey, mm-hmm. you know, as it as a I don't know, like if you're just focused on dropping like let's talk about me. If I'm mm-hmm. just focused on dropping my EP yeah. and not prepared for the dead space in between dropping the EP and the next thing, mm-hmm. then why am I doing it? Yeah. I'm just like setting myself up to be unhappy. Right. Almost. Yeah. You got to keep producing. Yeah. Like I, I didn't even realize you were on episode 66 mm-hmm. and that's amazing. <laughs> Thanks you, bro. Like you haven't stopped. It's yeah. just like you keep going. And trust me, like there's been moments where I'm like, dude, no one's listening to this. You know, like I don't, I'm not like a big podcaster. I'm not going to make it doing this, but mm. I do know that there are people listening. Yes. And I do know that it brings me peace to do it. It brings me joy. So I'm going to keep doing it. Right. And just like anything, like you do it a thousand times, all of a sudden you start to get pretty good at it and you start to see success in things, you know? Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, you can't get caught up. Like to me, some of my favorite artists I respect them so much because they're prolific. They just put out amazing art year after year after year after year. Mm-hmm. And the artists I get frustrated with, it's like, oh, they had an amazing album 10 years ago. Like, what have you guys been doing? <laughs> <laughs> you know? And and I totally understand, like, sometimes people have, you know, that 10 years they're working on stuff and they're in the lab and they're doing different things. But some people just kind of, you know, they make it and they kind of rest on their laurels. Mm-hmm. Um but yeah, like, what what do you feel like? You, you said you feel like this has been your purpose to put out this EP right now. Mm-hmm. What do you feel like that that purpose is like to to spread a certain message to to spread a certain feeling? Okay, so I've been told that the Lord was going to use my voice mm-hmm. to reach a group of people. Uh, well, the words were used. Uh, nations Mm -hmm. and if my mouth if my if my mouth is shut that won't happen right so i've been trying to practice not shutting up and not shutting down because if i if i if i fall into the groove of just staying comfortable doing that then i won't fulfill what was spoken over my life yeah so yeah uh, basically cool um what do you feel like do you, do you have like big macro musical goals? I would say my biggest goal is to not hold on to something too long. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've I, I've done that, and you can call yourself creating and look up five years later, and you're still creating that same thing. Yeah. So I don't want to do that anymore. Mm-hmm. I'm, what I what I've been working on, I plan on releasing it top of the year, like literally first two weeks of the yeah. year, mm-hmm. and yeah, I'm just done with just holding on to what doesn't even belong to me. Like right. I'm just a conduit; it's just yeah. stuff that's passing through me. So I'm just I want to, you know, <laughs> receive it and then let it go. Yeah, that yeah. type of thing. One of my one of my favorite writers. Somebody was asking him about his his thoughts on like how his book was received in the media and and the critics and he said once i've written it it's what happens next is none of my business 
<laughs> and I, I thought that's such a cool way to look at it. Yeah, I think I want to start looking at stuff that way. Yeah. Because to hold on to um, how you feel somebody should receive what doesn't belong to you mm-hmm. is a little it's a little outrageous. It doesn't make sense. Yeah, and and you get you get you you already get the gift of making the the art, mm-hmm. and it'll always be special to you. And whether it resonates with somebody or not, it's almost irrelevant. You hope it does. Right. That's the goal, but either way, you got to go make more stuff. You got to keep producing. Yeah. Yeah, like back to the farmer. A mm-hmm. farmer is not marveling at one stock of corn. Yeah. He's going to keep going. Yeah, he's like, I took this to the fair. I got a blue ribbon. I'm right. done. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you got to go back in the fields. Right. Yeah. Um, what do you feel like is something, you know, we talked about, Obviously, life is just a constant up and down. What do you feel like is something that you struggle with the most just on a day-to-day basis? Confidence. Confidence Um, in your abilities? Confidence in my abilities and um, and the things that I lean on. Mm -hmm. That being people, obviously. But um, Well, that's not obvious. But, yeah, confidence. But, like, all around. Yeah. Yeah. like, do you struggle with like confidence socially and? No, I'm a, I, I, moving around socially is not an issue. It's yeah. just like, all right. Um, before I was like really singing, like seriously singing, I was so self conscious of mm-hmm. my voice and, well, did I do this right? Uh, I hope they liked it this way or this or that. It, I, I just battled with basically people pleasing yeah as far as that was concerned yeah um now nowhere near it i could care less and i I'm not, i hope that's not rude but right. i could care less how people receive it i'm just doing what i'm supposed to do yeah dude there were there were two moments when i when i got that energy from you and i was like i was telling spencer i was like dude i dude i don't know i just i love what Sean's about i don't know anything about him but the first thing was, it was one of your performances, The King Will Come. It was at, I forget all the names of these little venues, but um, but you were just, on the stage, you were just so raw. You were just like, in your moment, and it was like no one else was even there. And I just felt like, I love that Sean is, he's just, he's giving us his gift right now, and he doesn't seem to notice that anything else is happening. And that's, it's kind of like a flow state, mm-hmm. right? But you were just so immersed in your art, immersed in that worship, that communion with God, the communion with the the people listening, your bandmates. It was just so cool to see. And I was like, yeah, dude, Sean's that dude. Oh, man. <laughs> Church, thank you, bro. <laughs> yeah, dude. I'm, I'm not going to lie. It has not always been like that, like I just said. Mm-hmm. Um I think as my relationship with Christ matured, mm-hmm. how I um, conveyed his gift that he's given me mm-hmm. matured. Yeah. So once I like, like me growing closer to God um, has allowed me to draw away from people as far as that is concerned. Yeah. About caring what they right. think about your right. ego. Like I, it, it didn't, it doesn't bother me anymore. Yeah. Like the world I come from, um, you can be singing like, I could be singing like Sam Cooke in the service mm-hmm. and you would get no emotion from anybody so that like it doesn't bother me. Anymore. Right. So um, 
my mom would uh my mom would always tell me to basically sing to God and not you know not mm. for people I like that and I didn't really catch on to that until like while I was a few years into it. Yeah. Do you know who uh, Rick Rubin is? Yeah. Yeah. So Rick Rubin, I heard this interview the other day where he's like, he's like, you're any, any art you, you make, all it is, is an offering to God. I've seen this. Yes. That's so cool. Yes. Um, to, to view it that way. Cause you get so attached to your art, but I love the idea that no, it's an offering, uh-huh. you know, and it's, yeah, it's just kind of out of my hands. Right. That's, it doesn't belong to yeah, us. Yeah, that's <laughs> like, a cool way to think about yes, it. Yes, yeah. that, that is the truth. The um, the other moment where I was like, dude, Sean is such a homie. I love that energy. Was It was it was one of these retreats. We're all downstairs, like, just hanging out and singing. And I think somebody asked, like, hey, Sean, do you want to start us off with a prayer? And you're like, no, nah, I'm good. <laughs> and I just love that because I feel like most <laughs> – I feel like most people, especially in a religious community, a religious, feel to do yeah, it. they're like, okay, like, but you're just like, I'm not feeling it right now, Yo, bro. For whatever reason, sometimes, um, I'll speak for myself. I'll just speak for myself. Sometimes you can be in a volatile state, and you don't want to be spewing that out to people yeah. you say you love. Yeah, like, yeah. It, just because you're putting prayer on it doesn't make it good. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I know what you're talking about. I remember that day, and yeah. I was not good. Yeah. And I didn't think it was right to do that to the people that were in the room. Right. I, I, I was really not good, bro. I yeah. was, like, struggling. Yeah. I, I remember that. <laughs> 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 and I mean, it's funny, but like, I really do respect that because I, I think most people in your shoes would be like, kind of begrudgingly just do it. Mm-hmm. And, and, and maybe, you know, maybe it would be good or maybe it would be bad, but it, I just like that self-honesty you have. I, I feel try to be. Yeah, yeah. I feel like you're just very aware of like, you know what, this is how I'm feeling. So this is what's going to happen. Right. Yeah. That's wow. I can't believe you. <laughs> <laughs> that's hilarious but i mean me and uh me and spencer talked about that because he was like dude i feel like nobody nobody does that in our church like someone asks you to give a prayer you give a prayer wow you know and not that like you're in trouble if you don't but i think most people don't even think of the option to say no <laughs> you know um that's a people pleasing thing yeah yeah totally yeah and it's you know you can blame I think people will blame the culture of the church or the culture of the community. But I think people just struggle with wanting right. to people, please. Right. And I, we, I, I would say this, and I, this is a general statement. We got to stop putting stuff on organization and yeah. just take responsibility yeah. for the things we do or don't do. Right. Because if we just put it on, like, put it on people or a group of people, mm-hmm. that's almost unfair to them because everybody has a choice, right? Yeah. Yeah, and and like you can't expect a group of people to be perfect in right. their decision making and their policies and and whatever. Right, like, they're imperfect. Very. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Look at look at yourself. Like no, seriously. You expect other people to be like have such a high standard, but look at like look at the miserable person that you are. <laughs> you know. Right. <laughs> All jokes aside. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Turn your flip flip your camera. <laughs> <laughs> right, yeah, yeah. Um, how do you deal with, um, do you feel like you do a good job of avoiding those dark demons that used to creep in before? Um, 
I feel like I have good stints, mm-hmm. very good stints yeah. of time that there's nothing. And, and if there is something, I'm like, ah, get out. Yeah, bat it away. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But other times where I find myself vulnerable, where I, no, not where I find myself vulnerable, where I'm found vulnerable mm-hmm. is it's like an all-out fight. Mm-hmm. And um, sometimes it's like not being able to keep your head above water. Yeah type of type of ordeal mm-hmm. what do you what's your what's your go-to when you're in that spot you reach you have friends or family you reach out to or are you just trying to not drown yourself so before i would surround myself around people mm-hmm. like i said the fake happiness and yeah. all of that stuff i would surround myself with people to drown out the noise or drown out the emotions and it would work for a little bit you know, like like drugs, it, sure. the dopamine hit. It, it it'll it'll do something, but once that wears off, it's not. Yeah, you're back to your thoughts, right? Yeah. So, I immature me. I I just like perpetuated the cycle. So, yeah, I was like addicted to just surrounding myself with people, so I didn't have to deal with my mm-hmm. yeah deal with my problems, right. Yeah, an extrovert's drug. <laughs> right. right. Yeah. So now do you feel like you just you have you have the wisdom to know like, oh dude, this sucks. I'm in the trenches, but I know I'm gonna get out. Right. I know just with time I'll get out. I'm not gonna lie, bro. I, I, I'm not I'm not gonna sit here and tell you that I've been good for years because I haven't been. Sure. I, I'll say over this last year and a half, the Lord has allowed me to lean on my wife a lot. Oh wow. And I was never that guy, yeah, because I didn't trust women. Mm-hmm. So, like, I, I just brought myself to a place of, ah, uh, I only give her this, and I won't go above that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But she has been such like a, wow. <laughs> she has been there for me like I've never experienced in my life before. Wow. <laughs> And 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 through a lot of it, I was wrong, and she was still there. Yeah. Yeah, he's a. I, I just stopped leaning on people and started leaning on the person that he gave me, and 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 Christ, more more Christ than anything. But I've been giving a lot of trust to my wife to help me through certain certain things. Wow. Wow, that's really cool. It's. You know what I you know Thank what I you, think church. about? <laughs> Got him. <laughs> you know, you know what I think about when I when I hear that, when I hear about like cuz to me it sounds like that love you feel from your wife is is so powerful and it's so like almost foreign, right? Because it's it's maybe a love you've never felt before, not because other people haven't loved you that much, but just cuz you haven't allowed it right. to be that strong. And I wonder when I when I hear that, I wonder what it would take to take that love and and to love yourself that much, you know. And I know, like for myself, I look at myself and I'm like, look at the people that I've loved the most and that I've, you know, I go to the ends of the earth for. And it's like, why can't when I'm going through it, especially, and I've got bad self talk, I'm like, why can't I love myself as much as I love that person? Right. You know, like it seems so much harder when it's like, man, we should be the ones 
loving ourselves the most. Right. It's like easier to tell somebody because you're looking at them mm-hmm. and you're you're not you're you're not standing on the outside of yourself to, you know, yeah. preach at yourself or give yourself advice. Yeah. But I can easily tell you, hey church, you got ketchup on your face. Right. You should get that off. Yeah. It's easy, just grab it off. Yeah, yeah. And you can't see it, so you're just like rubbing all over the place. Yeah, like, yeah. Did I get it? Mm-hmm. No, you didn't. But I can tell you that. I can say it easily because I can see it. Right. It's hard when it's when it's you. Yeah. It's hard. Yeah. I, I don't know why it's like that. It's yeah. like it's and you always it, get into a groove of talking yourself out of deserving something. Right. Whereas like but with your like with your wife, it's not that you don't see her flaws. Right. You probably see them better than anyone. But you don't care. Right. They don't affect you. No. You love her not in spite of her flaws, but almost because of her flaws, probably. They become just part of who she is, mm-hmm. and you love her so innately that you're like, I love her flaws, too. But we have such a hard time loving our own flaws. <laughs> you know, you just you beat yourself up about it, whereas the grace you give other people, you just, it's so hard to give yourself. Yeah. You don't even think about giving yourself that grace. Yeah. Like, it's not even on the table. Yeah. Oh, no. no, no. Well, I was, I was talking to Garen about this during our podcast. We talked about this idea of unconditional love, but the idea to love yourself unconditionally Hmm. because we tend to just love ourselves conditionally, (laughs) you know, like I don't, I don't really love myself because I'm struggling with this and I did this again. And you know, I'm just kind of a piece of crap right now. So what's to love, but you offer other people so much grace and it's, I wish we could maybe even just mentioning it, putting that idea out there you can hopefully think to give yourself a little bit more grace right. yeah it's almost inhumane how we treat ourselves yeah 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 because it's very easy like you just said to give the next person grace but mm-hmm. you you put yourself on the guillotine <laughs> right <laughs> <laughs> yeah and it's funny because you also you're the one that knows how hard you've worked and the things you've overcome and the demons you've had to exercise but but still no grace at all <laughs> you should change that no seriously like, yeah it's it's i mean just like anything it's easier said than done but i think it starts with just considering you know mm-hmm. am i giving myself grace at any point today right or am i just beating myself up for everything that i struggle with well, you should look at it like exercising mm-hmm. exercising when you first started let's let's say you say you want to get 100 push-ups but mm-hmm. The first day, you don't quite make the mark. Yeah. At the end of the week, if you're like keep keeping at it, mm-hmm. you're going to get some ground because right. the, you know you're pushing past barriers. Yeah, yeah. Well, hopefully, hopefully you are. Right. right. <laughs> hopefully. Yeah. Um, what's what's one thing if you could go back and like have a little chat with 21 year old Sean? What, what what would you tell him like? Like, homie, I got five minutes, like, <laughs> man-to-man, here's some advice. What would you say to yourself? Dang. Uh, man. I do not like you right now. <laughs> <laughs> soon as you said it, it's like, <laughs> she doesn't deserve what you're doing to her. Um, 
at that point in my life, I'd been battered by women. You know, it's usually the opposite. Mm-hmm. I've been battered by women, mistreated. Um, and I took my frustrations out on my wife. And she didn't deserve a bit of it. Yeah. So I would tell myself to grow up. She yeah. doesn't deserve it. Yeah, yeah. And I guess my, my question then after what we talked about is, have you been able to give yourself much grace? I would say I'm a lot further along than I was. Mm-hmm. There was a point in, in life where I would operate. The way I was operating was out of like um, guilt. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. I would operate from a place of guilt, especially with my wife. And um, yeah, that was... That was terrible. That was toxic. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's not really a way to live. No. Yeah. Not at all. What, um, and th- this is such a, a complicated question, but for you, what is, what is the role that God plays in your life? So many things. But I've uh, I've recently allowed him to be my everything, really. Mm, yeah, because there was a lot of areas I didn't allow allow him into. Yeah, he just had very specific jobs. Right. Yeah, I was safeguarding myself. Mm from God yeah. and I wasn't allowing him past certain past certain doorways yeah so okay you can you know you're not supposed to go that far right right come back around yeah but recently I have allowed him to touch every space and I was dealing with a lot of dark spaces mm-hmm. and I Let the light in, so to speak. Yeah. yeah, you let you let God just put little little lights in everywhere. And it's not like, because when you're going through it, like, and I'm just, I'll speak for myself because everyone has different experiences, but when you're going through, for, for me, some of my biggest struggles have been heartbreak, right? Where it's, it's almost like that emotion is hard to compare to anything else. For a man, bro, <laughs> oh my God, it's, it's literally like the world is ending. Yeah, and it feels, yeah, I don't want to compare it to, to death, right? But it, it just, it feels, yeah, it feels insurmountable. Um, and to me, when I've when I've somehow been able to, to bring God in, what happens is a little light shines in. But it doesn't illuminate the whole room and make it amazing, necessarily, mm-hmm. But it makes it tenable. It makes it livable. Right. And it makes, you know, it mitigates the pain. And it, it puts a little light in a dark room. And it's like, okay, well, now I can see a little bit. Now I can get up. Now I can walk around. Now I'm not going to stub my toe. That's hilarious. And, you know, and hopefully the light will grow. But but for me, it's been that. It's been, yeah, now a little bit of lights peeking, peeking under the door. You're touching a song I wrote. Yeah. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Spoiler. 
the, the like the first verse says, "Shine your light on the darkest parts, illuminate the secret things, mm. change my heart, change my mind, change my heart, so they see you when they see me." Oh. So, yeah, his his light is something that I feel like the enemy wants us to be afraid of. Mm-hmm. Because it illuminates the bad things as yeah. well. It doesn't yeah. just it doesn't just show you the good things. It it's like a dark room. You're gonna see the impurities. You're right. gonna see the things that are not so um favorable. Yeah. But it's not to make you vulnerable, it's to purify you. Right. His light is his light is dual purpose. Right. It purifies too. So Yeah. I think um once we, I'm going to make it general. Once we as a people just like understand that his light is not to hurt us or, mm-hmm. you know, expose us like, you know, like tabloids do, yeah. then we'll be a lot better off in being able to transfer everything that we have over to him and stop trying to control everything. Right, right. Yeah, and I think... um because I know there's, you know, sometimes I think about people that don't believe, you know, aren't aren't Christian, don't believe in Christ. And I think the same principles apply when you're talking about light versus darkness. And mm-hmm. whether, you know, if that's not your belief system, I think you still you still need light and you still you see light in people and you see darkness in people and call it what you want. Mm-hmm you need to you need to have that light and it's it's interesting how contagious it is when right. you when you're around somebody that has that light you know and sometimes it's hard to even articulate you're just like i don't know what it is about that person <laughs> you know i just want to be around them they have light and you know you can call it charisma you can call it you know a charm right but certain people just emanate light yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. One last question. I always do this at the end of my podcast. Um, it's a little bit easier with guests that maybe know me a little bit better than you. Okay. But my question is, if if we could reverse roles, what's one question you would ask me? Hmm. You know what's crazy? I wanted to ask you something the other day. Yeah. And that thought <laughs> has escaped me. <laughs> oh, God. It has escaped me totally. But sitting here in our conversation now, um, so I guess it's a twofold question. Mm-hmm. Um, is this where you were born and raised? Um, I grew up kind of all over the place. I was born in Seattle. Lived in Vegas and Phoenix, mm-hmm. and then moved to Utah in high school. Okay. Yeah. So, with that being said, like, because of, you know, you understand the culture mm-hmm. in Utah, um, have you engrafted into it? Are you, like, someone on the outskirts mm. of it? Interesting. Because you're you're, like, very different from a lot of people that I've come in contact with. In what way? You're very easy to talk to, and you're not like, you don't make me feel weird. Mm. 
do you do you feel like most people you come in contact with are just a little harder to talk to or it's like this i don't know it's like this weird air around some people mm-hmm. um I, I can't say too much because i don't want to put somebody in there. <laughs> sure <laughs> there's i don't know it's like i know you ever come in contact with somebody who's super religious Mm-hmm. And they just make you feel like you're down here. Sure, it's, it comes across a little fanatical or right. whatever. Yeah, it's yeah. a lot of that. Mm-hmm. I would I would liken it to that. Okay, I got you. Um, that's a really good question. I because I moved around a lot, I've often felt like I don't know where to like claim my roots. I don't know like. Like, I've been in Utah long enough that Utah feels like home, you know, mm-hmm. but I also, like, kind of feel like Arizona is my home, and I kind of feel like I really connect with people in Utah, but I also feel like there's a disconnect for, for certain reasons, and and I've, I've traveled all over. I've been to 49 states. I've been to 21 countries, um, so I feel like I've gotten a good grasp of other cultures and other ways of living. And yeah, it's hard because, um, yeah, Utah in a way is totally my home and it's like, these are my people, but yeah, there's a lot of people that I'm like, I don't know how we're on the same planet, (laughs) you know, I don't know. I almost don't like being associated with you. Because of the energy you bring. Okay. Because of the light you don't bring. Um, But I think you could make the argument that that's the case anywhere you go. Yeah. You know? So I don't... um, It's funny. The more you, like, spend time here, you'll find out that people that live here often have a love-hate relationship with Utah. Hmm. Right? Because it's so... Everything is so concentrated. You know, there's so many people of the same background in one place, and there's not, it's more than it used to be, but there's limited diversity here. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but yeah, I, I have a, uh, we'll say a fractured relationship with, with Utah. Okay. Yeah. I, I don't want to get anything confused. <laughs> this is a beautiful place, yeah. and generally the people are, People are beautiful. Sure. But, you know, the you know, every now and then. Yeah, yeah. So actually my first experience here was pretty rough. Really? Yes. What happened? I forgot the name of the restaurant. Mm-hmm. But um we had dropped our, our, our suitcases off at the Airbnb mm-hmm. in American Fork. Yeah. And I, is it is it a place called Zupas? Uh huh. Okay. So the power had went out. Mm-hmm. And a, a few of us went over to Zaxby's to get some, you know, get some food over yeah. there. And then the other half had went into um, Zupas. Yeah. So we come up to the door and we realize the power is out. Well, Brian is texting us, letting us know that the power is out. So we're standing out, fr- standing outside, mm-hmm. you know, just waiting for them to come, come outside because we can't get, we can't get into our sprinter. Yeah. So um, we're standing there and. Uh, one of the workers just comes up to the door very angrily. Mm-hmm. She said, you can't read the sign. We're closed. And we're like, 
We're just standing yeah, here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're waiting for them. She's like, oh, well, you can't come in. We didn't ask to come in. Right. We're just standing here. <laughs> yeah. We didn't even knock on the door. Yeah. I think I had made a face at Brian and like, just playing around. Right, right. But it was just like, oh, man. Yeah, that's a rough first encounter. I hope everybody's not like this because you just did a lot. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's um, – it's funny. I, I often think about this because – Listen, maybe that maybe that lady sucks. Maybe she's maybe she's kind of not a great person, but maybe she's having a horrible day. Uh-huh. Maybe she you know, maybe she's going through her own stuff and just kind of lashed out at you guys. Or you know, maybe she's pretty prejudiced and and you know, was a little malicious in the way she acted. But I often think like you have so many opportunities in a day to have a first impression on people and I try to not let my mood or my disposition or my struggles make it so my first impression with somebody's negative. Right. Because it's so hard to get that back. Um, it's almost impossible. Yeah. Because people compartmentalize you after that. Yeah. So, oh, he's a jerk. Right. <laughs> he's over there. Yeah. yeah. Well, it's funny. Um, the other day I did a podcast with Jordan Moyes, right? Okay. And I brought up to him, I was like, I was like, bro, I'm so glad we're doing this, but to be honest... When I first met you, I felt a little coldness from you. <laughs> Just kind of called him out. What is <laughs> He's like, oh, gosh, I know. Like, I've heard that before, whatever. I don't but, think he means that. No. That's just his personality. No, no. But I think, and maybe like, you know, your wife said you were just like <laughs> giving her the, the evil lie or whatever. Yeah, she, yeah that's weird. You know, it's funny. I, I, I had, I've had a conversation with Jordan mm-hmm. and Jordan was like, you know, he was into the, he was into the conversation, yeah. laughing and everything. And like two seconds later, he's like, I'm like, <laughs> okay, was it funny? <laughs> yeah. But that's just him. Right. Yeah. Right. But, um, but yeah, you just, I, and I struggle with this at times, but I'd love to live my life in a way that I'm always trying to be cognizant that I might meet somebody new and this is my first impression. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I, I should make it positive. At least try to. Yeah. Because there's so many people, I, I wonder about this sometimes. I'm like, okay, I wonder what, you know, I imagine the afterlife. I imagine heaven and, and being with, you know, my loved ones again. But then I think, okay, what about just kind of these random people I've had one or two encounters with? Like, hopefully they were good. Because <laughs> cause on earth you think, oh, that was weird, but I'll never see them again. <laughs> you know, but to me, if I'm thinking about an afterlife and, and like rejoicing in heaven with, with everyone, like I want to be cool with everyone, you know? Mm-hmm. And that's, you know, that's having a, an insane, like eternal perspective on things. But, but yeah, it's something I think about. Yeah. I think, I think we get, I know for me, just like seeing a lot of people over my lifetime because of where I live. Mm -hmm. I don't think I've ever put that into that type of perspective. Like, like what, what effect I've had on people that I did come in contact with Mm -hmm. and, I don't know, like, if I ever see them again, yeah. like, what that would be like. Because there's been times I've been the jerk. Sure, so. sure, we all have. Yeah. yeah. I Like, even with that girl, mm-hmm. I, I'm usually the hothead, and I would be like, what are you talking about? <laughs> right, right. But I didn't. I was yeah. like, okay, 
I was like very surprisingly calm. <laughs> yeah. Very surprising. Yeah. So, yeah. Even with that, like that ties into what you're talking about before, just like grace. Mm-hmm. Like even she she obviously had a bad day because yeah. it was totally unwarranted. Right. So, yeah, she didn't she didn't deserve what she was kicking out. Yeah. And and like I said, like maybe maybe she ultimately is a pretty terrible person but why assume that right you know like, just because that's what we do we yeah, assume yeah. The it's just so much easier <laughs> you know especially when you're the one that got offended or hurt mm-hmm. like it's just so much easier to like another example is with the most recent breakup i had everything in my head makes me want to like make her the bad guy make her like Oh, she actually, she sucks. Like she, I don't want to be with her anyway. And, and like, I'm better off, but in reality, I don't feel that way. So I don't want to, I don't want to put out that dishonest feeling because the truth is like, she just didn't want to be with me. Right. She didn't, she didn't feel as strongly as I did. And, and that, that truth really hurts when I face it head on. Mm -hmm. So it's so much easier to be like, I'm, I'm better off. Like, like she, let me fixate on her weaknesses and let me let me focus on what she struggled with mm-hmm. when in reality i'm just like no she's amazing i'm just i'm just hurt and like i just need to move on right um but it's so hard it's so hard to do that your your brain as a coping mechanism you want it's easier to be like nah she sucks that that is terrible i think um when stuff like that like a breakup the automatic thing is to like it wasn't me it was her yeah yeah it wasn't her it was him yeah. you know that right. type of thing and even like i was telling you about my issues with women mm-hmm. I, I i played a i played a big part in and why a lot of the stuff didn't work out mm-hmm. and back then i didn't you know i didn't give i didn't give myself any of the lashes i gave them all to the yeah you know the right. opposite party yeah and, you know, when going through relationship issues, it's a 50-50 thing. Mm-hmm. So you can't just put all the issues on one person. Right. You have to examine yourself. Right. Yeah. And that sometimes is dark. <laughs> <laughs> God. Yeah. That's a, oh, man. That's the truth we do not want to believe. I know I don't want to believe that. Yeah. But it's it's a fact. Yeah, totally. Well, Sean, thanks so much for for hopping on, bro. Thank you, this bro. Was, this was a lot of fun. Um, it's such a it's such a like cool format where it's like I'm sure a lot of these things we would maybe would have talked about eventually, but mm. it's fun to like just kind of get it all out on the table at once. <laughs> I appreciate you for having me, especially when you're like you're someone that I'm I'm getting to know. I'm wanting to be closer friends with, so it's fun to have such a deep conversation with yes yeah i appreciate this man okay man well everybody um hope you enjoyed the episode feel free to share it feel free to um follow sean's music journey are you um are you gonna be putting stuff out on spotify and stuff soon yes okay very soon because right now i can't just live this soundcloud life no 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 i can't even live it. <laughs> i don't even I, <laughs> the last time i was on SoundCloud was probably october yeah <laughs> Yeah, but yeah, I'll be putting stuff out. Um, and I'll be announcing it on my Instagram. 
Awesome. Yeah. And um, and the band you're in, the collective uh, King Will Come, they've been blowing up. They've been doing really great. Yeah. Um, I was telling Sean before, I know they got a lot of songs in the vault, so I'm just patiently waiting. Oh, man. Me too. You and me both. Yeah, not, not very patiently, but because they just have two or three songs out, and they're amazing, but uh, we need more. So um, go check out them on Spotify, Apple Music, and um, again, if you love the episode, share it with a homie, share it with somebody you love, and thanks for listening. Bye-bye.